0: Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBree podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBree, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer, Enrique Diaz-Alvarez, and Market Analyst, Roman Zurich. Welcome back, everyone, to our latest episode of FX Talk. And you join us during a, a period of relative calm in the markets following a rather volatile few weeks. We spoke in our last episode about the sharp sell-off witnessed in risk assets in late April, which sent most higher risk currencies lower against the safe havens, notably the US dollar. The US dollar index, which measures the currency against a weighted basket of its peers, rose to its strongest position in 20 years earlier this week as heightened global growth concerns triggered a risk-off mode in markets. The dollar is also continued to be well supported by expectations for higher US interest rates. At its FOMC meeting last week, the Federal Reserve raised rates by 50 basis points, as expected, uh, which was the largest move uh, in more than two decades. Uh, the communications from Chair Powell uh, were also hawkish. He called the US labour market very, very strong, or once again saying that inflation remained unacceptably high. Uh, But markets were left uh, a little bit disappointed after Powell ruled out the possibility of a 75 basis point hike at future meetings uh, with the dollar reacting in a classic buy the rumour, sell the fact fashion. Uh, Market pricing going into the meeting was so extraordinarily high uh, that there was far more room for the Fed to fall short or match expectations rather than exceed them. Uh, But what do you both make of the Federal Reserve's communications last week and what can we expect at upcoming meetings?
1: Uh, I think that um, it is true that the expectations for Federal Reserve hikes are already very, very high in this short term. Um, it's not clear how much higher they can go. Uh, other uh, Federal Reserve officials have almost corrected Powell saying that 75 basis points in their minds is still a possibility, but clearly it's not the base case. I think that we still may have some some gap between markets and... Uh, and reality is an, is in the terminal level of uh, Federal Reserve uh, interest rates. I still think that, uh, that the market's pricing in, um, that Federal Reserve rates will top at not much higher than 3%, perhaps not even up to 3%. And given the fact that we have core inflation uh, comfortably above 6% and frankly I have yet to see any sign that is, that is converging back down, I think that uh, the terminal rate of federal policy uh, is where there's still a significant gap between between uh, market expectations and what's likely to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, with regards to the Fed, I think what we uh, saw in the past weeks has been that the market has been continuously ramping up those expectations before the meeting and then those expectations have eased. Right now, after the publication of the uh, CPI report, uh, those expectations are rising again uh, as we have seen that the inflation indeed uh, declined from the past month. We saw that uh, the number was lower, it was 8.3% uh, from 8.5%. Nonetheless, it was higher than expected. And ser- certain components of this report, uh, I think, has uh, signaled to the market that uh, that uh, there may be a possibility that Fed looks at at it and decides to tighten a bit more. In particular, what we are seeing is that the momentum of core inflation was actually quite strong at 0.6% month over month. Uh, And I think that the markets are looking at that right now, again, ramping up their expectations of Fed tightening. Nonetheless, even with this inflation report, I think that what we should see in the coming months in the U.S., likely a uh, stabilization of inflation and then for it to come down. Uh, and I think that uh, the market has very little room to increase the expectations uh, in the short term, medium term, and also potentially in the longer term. Although, uh, as Enrique said, uh, I think that, when, that some room might be with regards to the terminal rate for, for the Fed, uh, not in the near term. Um, nonetheless, uh, I think that the bulk of the US dollar strength is already behind us. And I would be quite surprised to see the currency moving up at the pace that we have recently seen, because it was quite extreme. Uh, and I think that uh, we should see uh, perhaps more calm calmness in markets uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we've been saying for a little while now. I think um, there's a market reaction as well following last week's Fed meeting kind of justifies that view. The, the expectations were so lofty prior to the meeting. I think the market was more than fully pricing in a 50 basis point hike and 250 basis points of hikes through to the end of the year. The the path of least resistance and the only way really for the dollar to go after the meeting was lower. Um, had the Fed kept on the table 75 basis point moves at future meetings then that would be different, but I, I didn't think there was any real risk that they would do so. Um, but, but having said that, since then the dollar has still continues to remain pretty strong. Um, although you know the Fed slightly disappointed expectations, markets continue to be concerned about global growth and the dollar's benefiting from this safe haven trade. And you know, looked data out of China in the last week or so has been pretty soft. The latest PMIs have been weak. Trade data is on the soft side as well. Uh, And the dollar continues to remain an attractive asset from a safe haven standpoint, particularly given the ongoing global growth concerns. Um, I think actually the the euro-dollar reaction has been pretty interesting. We've seen euro-dollar relatively steady in the last couple of weeks uh, at a time when actually most higher risk currencies uh, have sold off again um, against the US dollar, which I think has been a a pretty interesting um, characteristic to the latest moves.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting, and I think it has to do primarily with the fact that we're finally seeing that shift that we to, to the hawkish side that we've been calling for in the European Central Bank. Uh, the European Central Bank is 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 very slow to turn, but once it gets turning, it really does what it means, what it says it's going to do. I think that we're we're seeing the uh, the rudder full tilt towards hawkiness. Uh, Today, Lagarde basically uh, nailed in uh, a a July rate hike. Uh, The more hawkish members are already talking about uh, about a June hike. Uh, The Austrian representative in the council did that. It may not happen, but it's clearly it's it's clear to me that uh, in June we're going to see a a very quick wind up of the remaining purchases and announcement that uh, that a hike is coming. I think that we're going to see, as we have seen the pricing for hikes in June move from 10 basis points to 25 basis points, I think that we may, we're may we going to move to a situation where every meeting in the ECV is, hike, is, is priced in to hike by at least 25 basis points. And then we'll move, like happened in the US, we'll see uh, uh, a possibility priced in of a even stronger hike of 50 basis points uh, because uh, of the urgency of the inflation situation. Um, clearly, there's there's much more room, at least in the short term, for the market to pricing additional European Central Bank hikes than Fed hikes because the Fed pricing is so aggressive. And if you combine that with the the fact that the euro has dropped a lot and that uh, the markets are very short euro, everybody the stand, the parity is becoming a bit of a consensus trade. Then it's not hard to see some some stability or even some sharp counter trend rallies in the euro. From my perspective
2: Yeah, so i would not fully agree with that although i agree that uh with our general forecast that the euro dollar should continue to move up uh, or should actually uh, start moving up after the recent sell-off um, nonetheless, with regards to the ECB, uh, I think that they stressed that they first want to end the asset purchases and then hike. So I don't think that June is really on the table. I think we are much, much more likely to see a hike in July. And then uh, the, this hike is could be it. basis point hike. Nonetheless, the ECB doesn't have the same urgency as the Federal Reserve has. Uh, If we look at the structure of inflation and the overall economic situation, uh, it's clearly different. And with regards to uh, market pricing of uh, hikes, uh, this has moved quite significantly in the ECB uh, with regards to the ECB as well. And right now we are looking at market expectations of approximately 90 basis points of hikes before the uh, year in the eurozone. Mm, and I don't think that there is a much more room to uh, price in hikes uh, even in the ECB. Uh, so I think that uh, this would not be uh, the source uh, of my optimism towards the euro. Uh, I'm more optimistic towards overall global growth but with regards to the ECB, I think that the market expectations are quite in line with uh, what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, the ECB is a very interesting one. It's going to be, um, the June meeting, I think it's going to be absolutely crucial. I think as you guys have alluded to, I think it's going to be a a very important one for the Euro, not just in the near term, but I think over the sort of more medium term as well. Um, Yeah, I actually think though, if we do get that hawkish pivot, we've seen sort of uh, growing signs of dissent uh, among ECB members, but there's not been that sort of real hawkish pivot in the official communications just yet. Um, the most recent meeting was actually a slight disappointment. It was a bit on the dovish side. I think once we get that firm hawkish pivot within the official ECB communications, possibly in June, um, I think most of the market expects it to happen then. Should we get that? I, I do think there is a bit of an upside in euro dollar. Um, I know the market is pricing is a bit more elevated than it was a few weeks ago. But I still think if we do get that, that hawkish turn in June, that the firmly opens the door to a hike in july i think that should be enough to to give a little bit of a leg up to euro dollar um because you know we're talking about very very low levels for euro dollar sort of around the 105 106 level um so i think that's a little bit sort of undervalued relative to to perhaps where it should be and if the if the ecb sort of Takes that hawkish turn in June, maybe raises rates in July and perhaps on another two two occasions at least during the rest of the year, so three hikes overall. I think that should be bullish enough for euro-dollar. Um, there has been talk of euro-dollar parity this year among some corners of the market. Um, I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, a little bit too far. I think if the ECB does raise rates on, say, three occasions this year, I can't see how we get... Um, to, to parity um, in euro-dollar?
2: Yeah, I think it will also largely depend on what's going on, what will happen to the uh, global economic prospects, because we right now have two big risks. One is the situation in China uh, and overall Asia with regards to COVID. Uh, and the second is the Russia-Ukraine war, which is ongoing and is resulting in a further and further sanctions uh, and uh, limiting the imports of uh, energy products from Russia. Uh, so I, I think that we need to keep our focus on, on those factors. But uh, with regards to both, and particularly with regards to, to China, I'm quite optimistic. And I think that the euro uh, still has a room to uh, appreciate.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I also think that the situation in China is sub- is, is worrisome, but subject to quick improvements uh, by fiat, if the government decides to soften the, the COVID the zero-COVID policy, which I still expect them to do soon. And at that point, we could see a pretty sharp reversal both in expectations for world growth and expect, and, and indirectly through asset markets as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think the China policy is going to be absolutely crucial. I mean, you talk about the war in Ukraine. I think the markets are sort of mostly sort of priced that in uh, to an extent and it has sort of become taking it in stride now. But I think that China's policy towards zero COVID is going to be crucial. And you know, if, if they do soften that stance, then you know, we expect to see a, a, a fairly meaningful improvement in risk appetite um, yeah, when they do so.
1: It's seldom that you see uh, such a clear, well-defined lever in the hands of a policymaker where flipping it one way would have a significant dramatic impact worldwide. And in the case of the zero COVID policy in China, that's that's what we're seeing. As soon as we get any sense of relaxation, I think we're going to have a serious uh, relief rally in worldwide assets.
2: Yeah. At at the same time, they haven't really been open to relaxing the zero COVID policy. That
1: is true. I keep waiting for it to happen and it hasn't happened yet. Yes. Yeah.
2: But nonetheless, if we look... Actually, at the, the numbers, if we look at Shanghai, the situation there is improving. Uh, and if they are able to contain uh, Shanghai and Beijing, then I think that we might be looking at some significant improvement in sentiment.
0: Excellent. I think we're going to move on to our, our final topic now. I'm going to wrap things up uh, by talking about our spotlight currency for the week, um, which on today's episode is the Indian Indian rupee. Uh, the rupee has been in the news in the past few days following the, the surprise interest rate hike from the Reserve Bank of India. Uh, the RBI raised interest rates by 40 basis points to 4.4% last week during an unscheduled meeting in attempt to to rein in rising inflation. Um, that has, however, provided very little support um, for the rupee. And the currency actually crashed to a, to a record low uh, against the US dollar earlier this week. Um, now, while this has largely been to do with a broadly stronger dollar, which has rallied against uh, most uh, emerging market currencies in the past few weeks, uh, the Indian economy's characteristic as a net importer of oil was as far from helped matters, particularly given the, the increase we've seen in, in commodity prices uh, since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and, and this has uh, the US dollar INR cross trading around about the 77 mark, um, which is higher than the levels that we saw at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but what's next for the rupee? Um, what do you guys think? Is it a buy, sell or hold opportunity? Uh,
1: my view is clearly a buy. Uh, India presents solid fundamentals. Um, they have uh, almost flat current account deficit, which is, means that they're not dependent on on foreign financing, on foreign financing flows at all, which is going to be very important in times of turbulence in markets. Uh, they have uh, credible policymakers uh, who prioritize inflation control and they have the FX reserves to intervene in the market and they have been doing so. Uh, so I think that uh, that we're in a different world where uh, in an inflationary world, uh, the benefits from a depreciating currency become much less and the downside becomes much higher. And I think the, the Reserve Bank of India clearly understands that and it's going to uh, to prevent any further depreciation of the Indian rupee. So I think that the uh, the risk on the Indian rupee are skewed to the upside, and to me, is, is a clear buy.
2: Yes, so with regards to my view, uh, although I think that the, the uh, sell-off that we have witnessed recently might have been somewhat too significant, I don't think that for me rupee is a buy. Uh, I think it's a, a halt, uh, maybe even at best, uh, because it doesn't really have uh, that much appreciation potential, and the, there are clear risks uh, to the situation. Uh, one is that the, the uh, oil prices remain high. Um, it, this uh, this might be to some extent cushioned by uh, India's uh, purchases of oil from Russia. Nonetheless, this bears its own risks and uh, overall the situation the macroeconomic situation in india is relatively good but the central bank uh, still uh, is not turning into a very full hawkish mode they have high interest rates but they are still uh, quite uh, negative in real terms and they are unlikely to move to a a positive level anytime soon Uh, i think that we we are seeing across the world much better opportunities than the Indian uh, rupee.
0: Yeah, interesting. I've sort of split the difference between the two of you. Actually, uh, for me, I think I INR a buy perhaps in the short term, but but maybe only in the short term. Um, it might be perhaps a, a hold opportunity, more longer term. You know, as we as we said, it is a country with strong macroeconomic fundamentals. You know, low levels of debt, high foreign exchange reserves. The, the RBI has plenty of room to continue intervening if it wants to protect the currency. Um, but but the central bank does remain a little bit more concerned um, about growth than many of its peers, um, even following the latest interest rate hike that we saw uh, last week where it, it raised concerns um, or, or at least changed its priority towards controlling inflation. Um, and as you said, I think, Roman, at a time when oil prices are high and rising, which, as we said, is a negative for India, given it's a net oil importer, um i would say the balance of risk to inr uh, uh, t- close to flat so maybe maybe a, a buy opportunity for me in the short term particularly given the latest sell off um but a but a, a long term hold um, um for me for the inr <laughs> And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.